guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So yesterday I gave you a little bit of an overview of how to understand Isaiah, and I get the fact we can actually spend every single day this week focusing on one new thing to help you understand Isaiah. I mean, there's a lot of books out there, there's a lot of podcasts out there, there's a lot of great things to listen to to help you understand Isaiah, and make sure you get a chance to go look at them all, because they'll help you understand Isaiah. Now, in the context of where you will be studying Isaiah the most, it is most likely gonna be in the Book of Mormon. There are many of you who will read the Book of Mormon multiple times throughout your life. You probably will not be reading the Old Testament multiple times in your life. So where you're going to see Isaiah the most is when you are reading the Book of Mormon. So I want to approach just for a moment in this episode how he is perceived in the Book of Mormon, especially by Nephi's little brother Jacob. Um, if you go to 2 Nephi chapter 6, there's some cool stuff in here that I think is paramount to understand if you're going to read and understand Isaiah. So Jacob wants us to understand how much God loves keeping covenants with his children. God is a God of covenants. You've seen that in the Old Testament this year, and Jacob understood this. Nephi understood this. You go to 2 Nephi chapter 6, verse 4. He says, Now behold, I would speak unto you concerning things which are and which are to come. Which, by the way, is a perfect way to describe Isaiah. He's talking about his day, and he's talking about our day. He's talking about Christ's day. He's all over the place. Wherefore, I will read you the words of Isaiah. And they are the words which my brother... Nephi has desired that I should speak unto you. And I speak unto you for your sakes, that you may learn and glorify the name of your God. Verse 5. And now the words which I shall read are they which Isaiah spake concerning all the house of Israel. Wherefore, they may be likened unto you. For ye are of the house of Israel. There are many things which have been spoken by Isaiah, which may be likened unto you, because ye are of the house of Israel. Keeping in mind that Nephi's family and Jacob's family have been scattered at this point. They are scattered Israel. And here's Jacob saying, guys, I just want you to remember, you are of Israel and God has made covenants with you. Verse 12, kind of midway through. For the Lord God will fulfill his covenant, which he has made unto his children. And for this cause, the prophet Isaiah has written these things. Verse 17, but thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For the mighty God shall deliver his covenant people. For thus saith the Lord, I will contend with them that contendeth with thee. And so if you remember that the Lord wants to keep covenants with his children, that is one of the main messages of the book of Isaiah. Even the dumb ones he wants to make covenants with, which leads us to chapter one of Isaiah. Now, chapter one of Isaiah is very, very similar to section one of the Doctrine and Covenants. Now, the Doctrine and Covenants and Isaiah, neither one of them are chronological in order. But the first chapter, the first section, gives an overarching message to the world. You go to Isaiah chapter 1 and it gives you the state of where Judah, which again, that's where Isaiah is the prophet, that southern kingdom, the state of Judah, the chapter heading, the people of Israel are apostate, rebellious, and corrupt. 
only a few remain faithful. The people's sacrifices and feasts are rejected. They are called upon to repent and work righteousness. Zion will be redeemed in the day of restoration. Now, you go to verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 1. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Now, like I said, it's very similar to Doctrine and Covenants section 1. Look at the first few verses. Hearken, O ye people of my church. You go down there. Hearken, ye people from afar. Listen together. It's that same idea of give ear. For verily, the voice of the Lord is unto all men. Uh, you go down to verse 3. The rebellious shall be pierced with much sorrow, for their iniquity shall be spoken upon the housetops, their secret acts shall be revealed, and the voice of warning shall be unto all people by the mouth of my disciples whom I have chosen in the last days. So you see the same vibe going on here. Isaiah chapter 1. The world is rebellious, so listen up. You, Doctrine and Covenants section 1 is the same thing. And I love how you go back to Isaiah chapter 1, what the Lord teaches you and I by teaching us about Judah. Again, this is a rebellious people. But you go to verse 16. Now here's where you get to see not only Isaiah the prophet, but you see Isaiah the poet. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. You see he's repeated that back and forth like that. Uh, verse 18, one of the most well-known verses here. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You see that comparison. Even the tie that I'm wearing today, I just kind of noticed that I grabbed this one right here. This is a red tie. My shirt is white. You see the major contrast right there. So the Lord's saying, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That is Isaiah the poet and Isaiah the prophet showing us those things. And I love that message. The world is rebellious, but if they will connect themselves to Jesus Christ, then those sins that are scarlet in nature are going to become white. Now, the cool thing about that is you know what comes after chapter one, it's chapter two. Now, the message of chapter two might be one of the coolest messages, one of the most well-known messages. It's where Isaiah sees the Latter-day Temple. You guys know this one. We've seen this one many times. It talks about how the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. All nations shall flow unto it. It's kind of cool because it's been said that the word Utah, it's a Ute Indian word, which means top of the mountains. Um, it talks about all nations shall flow unto it. There's been things that have been said about how this is about the Salt Lake Temple, even about like the Salt Lake Winter Olympics that took place in 2002, how all nations flowed unto it. Uh, verse three, and many shall go and say, come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths and how that law will come forth from that. Well, I remember a cool quote from Gordon B. Hinckley back in 2000 when he was dedicating the conference center. He said this, he said, As I contemplate this marvelous structure adjacent to the temple, there comes to mind the great prophetic utterance of Isaiah. And he quotes these verses that I just shared with you. I believe that prophecy applies to the historic and wonderful Salt Lake Temple. But I also believe that that is related to this magnificent hall. For it is from this pulpit that the law of God shall go forth together with the word and testimony of the Lord. So I love that how this is a prophecy about 
the temple. Now what's cool about this is Nephi starts with the temple as well. When you get into those chapters in 2 Nephi, we start with this particular chapter. It starts with the temple. Now the comparison that I gave you with the Doctrine and Covenants, you go back to section 2 of the Doctrine and Covenants. What does it talk about? It talks about the hearts of the children turning to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children, which again, that is temple work. That is family history work. So I love how these initial messages start off with God wants to keep covenants with you. Our world right now is rebellious. It's struggling and we need to give ear. We need to listen. We need to come to him. We need to repent. Our sins be scarlet. They're going to be as white as snow. And where does a lot of that happen? When we decide to attend the temple and we see the power that comes in the temple, how that temple becomes what it says in Isaiah chapter four, a shadow in the daytime from the heat for a place of refuge and a covert from the storm and from Ram. So I love how the temple is brought up here at the very beginning of the Isaiah chapters to help us understand when we've got a wicked people and a rebellious people, let's get ourselves back to the temple and make those covenants with a God who loves to make covenants with us. I know that's true. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.